I would let Hugh Dancy eat me. I could use a good scream. It is my design. You unstable. It's Hannibal, season one. Welcome to The Center Cut. I'm Dr. Dave. And I am Dr. Michael. Oh, Dr. Michael, it's so nice to have you in the office today. We're here to talk about Hannibal Season 1, but before that, Hugh Dancy. We're going to talk about him off the top. Dude can act. Now, as some of you know, I had a pod before this centered around who lose the path. Hugh played Cal and crushed it, and it's a shame this guy has not won an Emmy uh, he plays emotionally slash mentally stunted dudes like a pro. Dave, I don't know what you think about Hugh Dancy, but I fucking loved him in this. Yeah, I feel like I knew him from something else, and I don't know what it is. But yes, I really enjoyed his his acting in this show. He's very good. Which is, which is nice, because we just came from doing Sleepaway Camp, which contained a lot of bad actors so this is this was a nice change up so many bad actors now one thing i wanted to mention off the top here because we may have some new listeners coming in past few episodes we do trade ads with other podcasts so if you hear a weird noise followed by other voices it's not just me and dave pretending to be other people you can and should check out these other creators if what they're hawking piques your interest that's all yeah listen to them love them go see them yeah yeah exactly we appreciate it we do but before we talk about this show, we don't know anything. We don't, know. So Joe from another podcast friend of ours, Courtney and Joe Spoil Everything, he asked us on Instagram, where we go to ask people for questions, he asked us to compare this show to the movie. Now, I imagine he means Silence of the Lambs. I know it's a popular movie, but neither of us have seen it, miraculously. That's so, not miraculous at all, if anyone knows our show at all. That's fair, but we, we can't compare it. So I will say I know of it. People always quote, like, put the lotion in the basket and something about like fava beans and Chianti. But I don't know the movie. Now, I, I do have a question, though. I I believe that the show is supposed to be a prequel. That just kind of messes up the timelines in my mind, since this show takes place currently and the movie was set in like the 80s or 90s. I don't know how to square that. That doesn't really make much sense at all. But apparently that's a thing. So the characters are a prequel, but the timeline in which they are in is not apparently odd now we have an action-packed episode here so many questions so we really should get the hell in dave what are we doing so we watched the first episode in the last episode of season one of hannibal which is an nbc show that aired in 2013 went on to have a total of three seasons though it did foster quite a cult following it was canceled due to ratings i don't know how that happens but 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, so people who have voted on it love it. It stars Mass Mickelson as Hannibal, Hugh Dancy, as we talked about, as Will, and Lawrence Fishburne as Jack, among others. But let's get deep, deep into these fun, fun times. Hit me with the recap. Episode one, titled, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but Aperitif, which is from what I gather, like uh, hors d'oeuvres of drinks, like it's supposed to get you wet and wild and ready to eat. Mm -hmm. You're correct. So we start at a bloody crime scene, and I don't mean that in the British sense. Will Graham, 
Cal from the Path, a.k.a. the white Gail Garcia Bernal, surveys the scene and his mind does this golden metronome thing or like his fucked up clock hand sway from the last episode. And with each dip of the pendulum, people, bodies, blood, and even Will himself recedes from the room. Yeah, this was interesting because... You know, you come into this being like, yeah, I know Hannibal's that that crazy Danish guy. Then in the beginning, you're like, wait, is Will bad? I don't know. It is really confusing off the off the start. Again, because we're coming in blind, you really don't know. And from what you see, dude is a passenger in his own mind. And he literally like puts himself into the events that transpired. After this episode, you, I really had no idea who did what. At the end of the last episode, I have a better idea. Still not totally sold, and we'll talk about that. For sure, still in the in a haze, but feels like we're at least pointed in the direction by the end. Yeah, I'm just I'm still not 100% sure what part Will actually played in all of this debauchery. Mm, agreed. So in his mind, he narrates the events. Uh, he blasts this Mr. Marlowe fool as he's coming down the stairs and splatters his wife's neck blood on the house alarm as he repeatedly spouts, this is my design. Mm. Turns out, Will gets into the mind of the killer as he works as a profiler for the FBI, where he's teaching a class of recruits in Quantico. Up comes Jack Crawford, played by Fishburne. He touches Will's glasses, calls him autistic, and asks for his help. That was so weird. The glasses touching. <laughs> yeah. If if I were Will, again, I'm not Will, and he obviously has his issues, but I guess if Will was a normal person and someone came up and touched my glasses, I would punch them in the face. Yeah. If someone said, do you mind? And then reached up and adjusted my glasses on my own face. And then called you autistic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that even that aside is like, dude, get away from me. I thought they were going to kiss, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out there's a killer on the loose bagging up eight girls with, as he says, wind chafed skin. Is that a positive or a negative? I don't know. Sounds bad. It sounds like how I described my scrotum all summer. Yeah. Is that just how you describe a white person? <laughs> wind chafed? Yeah, probably. The wind has blown all of the the delicious color and, <laughs> and beauty off of their face. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, first stop is the Nichols household in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, she's the eighth girl and Will has a hunch follows the pussycat to find the dead girl back in her bed. Mm. Now, he uses his ocular migraine power to picture himself face-shakingly choke her until a tropey Asian woman, FBI lady, rudely interrupts. Yeah. Don't like her. I don't like her at all. She's the one who asks him if he's stable. I, yeah. Why does everyone just immediately ask him if he has mental problems? <laughs> that's very... not that's rude. That's not very nice. Yeah, very rude. Very rude. There's antler velvet in her blood holes, Elise's blood holes, and Will thinks it was due to the healing properties. Interesting. I did not know antlers had velvet. No, or nor that they healed blood holes. Oh, I knew that. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. I had no idea. <laughs> Will lives in Wolf Trap, Virginia, which is maybe too on the nose with all the metaphorical trappings of our evil mind reader Will, but he steals a dog. This dog had on a leash, so he definitely had an owner. He didn't put that on himself. Why did Will just steal this dog? I don't know. Now, I, as many people know, I'm not an animal person, but this is a beautiful dog. Yes, it is. Uh, most of his dogs are, actually. He gets back to the house and has a million of them. He is a, a dog man. He's a dog collector. And I think it's supposed to be our first clue that he's not a psycho killer, because that's a common theme of serial killers and psychopaths, is that they're like anti-animal. I'm not saying that I am that, 
because I fit that bill as well. But that's just a common theme. Mm, yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I also think that it is uh, us trying to learn very early that he is not a social butterfly and is instead enjoying the company of the good, good puppies. Yes. Those good, good boys. Now, Will sweats while he sleeps, so he sleeps on a towel instead. Interesting method. My sheets get wet differently, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Fishburn punches a wall, yells at an agent who's just trying to pee, and taps Will for more info. Yeah, I don't like Fishburn. He's already out of the gate being a dick. He's just a dick. Yeah, he's, he just has a dickish face, too. Like, his, his face is too fat for his body. And very shriveled and very dick-like. I agree. Asian FBI lady finds metal shavings on Elise's gown. Kind of seems planted to me. I don't think a real good serial killer would just leave metal shards on someone's body. Also, if we're to assume that she was like hung on an antler, why would there be a metal shaving there? Shouldn't be. That's why it seems planted. Yeah, to me. it seems weird. Uh, we meet Alana. She likes Will, but has never met him. And she's tasked with making sure Will doesn't get in too deep. Uh, but I don't know how you can get closer than helping to examine the body. Yeah. And this is my first inkling that shit for Will is going to get much, much worse. It is. Yeah. And at the body, he posits that the killer put her liver back in because the meat was bad and that the killer's a person eater. I find it amazing that you can draw this person took a liver out and then put it back in from that going oh they're eating them he makes some he makes some very big leaps constantly now i get it it's because he can put himself in the mind of the killer but some of the leaps aren't even logical yeah and that's that's the thing is that if you're putting yourself in the mind of the killer then you have to be able to at least see something as logical from their perspective and some of them seem so far-fetched that it's it's hard to imagine like how in the world did you get to this point with that yeah. little piece of information? Definitely. Uh, we immediately flash cut after that to an ugly Dane daintily eating a vague looking meat in the dark. And it turns out it's Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who we see after that doing therapy with Franklin. Franklin is the Stradivarius guy from the newer seasons of The Walking Dead. And Jack shows up, Jack Crawford, to get Lecter to help profile Either Will or the killer. I, I'm not sure who he's actually tasked with profiling. I think he's there to profile Will and to keep Will in check to make sure that he's okay. And he uses the profiling of the killer as a way to introduce the two of them kind of together. Yeah, I I, I would be 100% on board with that. But like literally two scenes prior, Jack met with Alana and said, hey, Alana, this is your job to do. So, yeah, and, and I think she basically said, I'm not doing it. Go talk to somebody else. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. That I guess that actually makes sense. Based which on is why he also says that he was referred to him by Alana, which if he was asking Alana to do that, that would make sense that she then said, go talk to Hannibal. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That makes sense. I hate Lecter's face. It just bothers me. It's so bloated and hollow. He looks like Tyrell Wellick from Mr. Robot if he drank himself to death and drowned. I just, I don't like anything about him. Oh, really? I think he's a good looking dude. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe for like a Lego character. I don't know. I just... <laughs> What for a Lego character? I like Will so much that I'm biased against anybody who's not Will. Yeah, I mean, I can I can understand that if you're you have an emotional attachment. I get it. 
But anyway, Lecter does meet Will, and they're like two dogs who growl at each other and just kind of sniffing each other out. And he tells Jack that he can help Will see the face of the cannibal. LOL. (laughs) How fitting. And we now move to Hibbings, Minnesota at the site of a new killing. And I have no idea how they positioned this nude lady body without flashing the nips. These people are experts. Can't figure it out. We saw a nip. No possible way. This is NBC. There's no way NBC shows a nipple. I am like 98% sure I saw a nipple. No, it must have been like a piece of tree branch or like antler or velvet. I'm I'm going to find it and I'm going to screenshot it. Please do. I will. Please do. That's, I mean, I'll add, add it to my collection. At the scene here, Will thinks it was a copycat killer, not the not the work of the real serial killer. And we get an intermingled scene of Hannibal cooking up some lungs, though I will say they looked small to be human lungs. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Have you seen human lungs of a teenage girl? I know. Okay, that's true. They are a teenage girl. But more importantly, who eats lungs? Um. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I'm not a cannibal. Although I will say that I did some more research on that. Cannibalism or eating lungs? Cannibalism. Uh, so I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to understand what meat it was most resemblant to. What I found was that most people who have been cannibals in the past when asked that question answered that it's most like pork, just like a pork chop. I could see that. It's interesting. Yeah. Now, as you know, I worked as a meat cutter for 10-ish years and we sold some crazy parts, but I honestly don't think... We sold lungs. Like, I just don't think that's a thing you s- we sell. But the worst thing we sold was pork chitlins. Dave, do you know what pork chitlins are? That person's a cannibal. It's pro- I, So it's just like the leftover junk, right? No, it's actually a pig anus. Oh. It's where the intestine ends at the asshole. Oh, yeah. People eat it. We sell. Here's the way you sell it. This is the best part. It's sold in 10 pound chunks frozen in a red bucket. 10 bucks, 10 bucks for 10 pounds of it. And at Christmas time, we used to put a bow on it. Oh, my God. Imagine getting that as a gift, like Christmas morning under the tree. You just unwrap that shit. Like, oh, thanks, mom. You got me a a fucking pig asshole. You got me pig anus. Thank you. It's what I've always wanted. Like, why is it in a bucket? Who is taking that to the beach? The buckets we're throwing up into. (laughs) That's true. I would literally rather jump in front of a school bus. Like, I I can't believe that people buy that shit. I would almost rather eat human than that. I agree. I agree. I didn't want to sound bad. That's why I said I'd rather jump in front of a school bus. But yeah, I'd rather eat a human than a pig asshole. Agreed. Uh, so eating a dead human comparative to putting a bunch of children in mental and physical danger seems worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I was being selfish. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, enough of that. Will thinks the killer has a daughter the age of the victims, and we see Lecter eating, but he's eating wearing a suit coat in his own house. Like, who the fuck does that? Get out of here. Speaking of getting out of here. Fuck you. If you don't shut up, I'm going to eat your anus. (laughs) One moment, please. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right. Where the hell were we? So after this, Will takes a shower and he sees a vision of a fat deer with a crow coming out of its ass or like a tail feather. Maybe it's an elk. It's too stout to be a moose, but he sees it. And I, I imagine it has to do with the antlers, but we have some questions about it later. So we'll we'll talk more in depth there. Yeah, I was also confused by the feathers on the legs. I saw those too. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't just me. 
So Lecter pays Will a visit the next day, it looks like, and he brings a protein scramble complete with hopefully humanless sausage. I can't help but think that every time Hannibal gives someone else food that he's giving them human parts. It has to be. It has to be. But I think also, even if it's not, that's what it's supposed to make us feel. Yeah, because the, the show definitely like emphasizes it. It's always like a, there's always like a comment about it. Like, are you going to eat? Mm. Are you going to dig in? Are you going to eat that? <laughs> Put it, put it in your mouth. So Will and Lecter talk about the so-called Minnesota Shrike. That's what they've dubbed the serial killer. Uh, Lecter calls Will both a fractured little teacup and a mongoose. But you can actually see the start of a fucked up and weird relationship brewing between them. Mm-hmm. Are they lovers? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they're lovers. I don't think that they're lovers. I think maybe not at the end of this season, but maybe in further seasons. It kind of feels like they might have like a weird, like, will they, won't they type of relationship. I agree. But we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they head to a construction site and stumble on a potential lead on the killer, Garrett Hobbs. Lecter drops some files outside as a diversion and calls Hobbs and warns him by saying, they know. Now, this is confusing to me because he says, you don't know me and I s- suspect we'll never meet. <sighs> Who the hell is the killer then? Like, yeah, we're led to believe that Hobbs is the killer, but we're also kind of led to believe that Hannibal is connected in some way. But how is he connected if if the, he's never heard this guy? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so confused. I have an idea, but we could talk about it later in the questions. It kind of fits better into the questions. But I was also very caught off guard this whole time. You're like, oh, yeah, Hannibal's the killer. Like, duh, easy peasy. <laughs> humans are getting killed and he's eating humans. Like, makes sense. And then this happens. You're like, hold, hold on, hold the phone. Yeah. So they definitely do a good job of just taking whatever theories you had in your head and just fucking it right out the window. Yep. Turning it into some human sausage. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about it in depth during the questions. I agree. Agreed. Now we see the outcome of the next events with a bloody faced will. And then will gold pendulum is back. And as they arrive at the Hobbs house, the dude Hobbs slashes his wife's throat and throws her out the building. And Will proceeds to bust the door in, finds him in the kitchen with his daughter, and Hobbs half slices her throat before Will shoots him north of five times. How did Will get a gun? Well, he he works as an FBI. He's not an agent. Well, but he's but he's FBI, though. Yeah, but he's like an FBI profiler. Like, I don't they wouldn't they specifically wouldn't let him be an agent because of his instability. But they would give him a gun. Well, I think Jack must give him a gun when he says, hey, like, I need your help on this. Go investigate, dude. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that has to be That's either possible. that or he's just he's packing his own gun, which is even worse. But it speaks a lot to our gun control laws. I, I mean, if this happened today, there would be protests outside of Hobbs door because they just shot this criminal guy. And I, he's an FBI guy who's not even supposed to have a gun. What the hell's going on here? Probably. Alana teaches Will's class and Will goes to the hospital to find Lecter holding half sliced daughter's hand and she's alive. She made it. She did. And that's the episode. Wow. It's like nothing even happened.
Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Hi, this is Daniel Segura, host of the Mustachioed Podcastio. You like mustaches? You like movies? You like sexy chinganos? Well, the Podcastio is the place for you. We are talking legendary mustaches from Charles Bronson to the Great Bird Reynolds to the OG Ice T. Find the Mustachioed Podcastio anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is M O U S T A S H I O D Podcastio. Episode 13, Savro. What is that? It means tasty, and it's the name of the episode. Sweet. Yeah. So we open to Will in the woods with a rifle hunting a deer man. We've, we see this deer man many times. It is a, a man, basically blackface with uh, deer antlers. Is it a man? Mm, am I supposed to know? <laughs> I know. I don't know. I just I'm, I I'm questioning whether it's a man or not because you can't really tell. Well, I'm going to call him. Features. I'm going to call him dear dear person now because you got me thinking about it. That's fair, but it'd be much easier to shoot this deer thing if somebody wasn't revving their ATV in my ear. Yeah, this was really annoying to me watching actually both episodes. I would say, but the first one in particular, and and then the the beginning of the last one. There, some of the audio levels were real funky. It was like hard to hear the speaking because there was other weird ambient noises in the background. Yeah, like someone's fucking revving up their lawnmower trying to get it started. Like, like, dude, I'm just trying to watch this guy shoot a deer. What is this? Yeah, like I turned my TV way up and then the fucking intro music came in and like basically blew my (laughs) fucking TV right off the fucking TV stand. Man, I'm heated about this audio quality. Moving on. Will wakes up at his house covered in dirt he takes some pills and throws up an ear. That's where we're at. The first time through, I thought it was part of his fever dream. Me too. But then, like, it's legitimately an ear in the sink. And I just don't understand how that's possible. Like, he wouldn't have been able to sleep if that thing was wedged in his esophagus. Like, his body would have thrown it up way earlier than that. If you threw it up, I would assume it was in your stomach, probably. But how did... But dude, then you would think you it would have sw- broken down over time. Yeah, you can't just swallow a whole ear and then it just chills there in your stomach. How quickly does the stomach acid do its do its business? Like Here's a question. Four that would to be six good. hours. Okay. So, I mean, if he ate her like two hours ago, it would have still been an ear. I don't know. I think it would have been I a funky know. ear. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, this is a clean old ear. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it. He throws up this ear and apparently calls Hannibal to complain about his ear throw ups because Hannibal shows up to try and help him out. And Will explains that he took Abigail to Minnesota and she didn't come back. And then he shows Hannibal the ear. And just to confirm, I I thought this at the time later in the episodes confirmed Abigail is the daughter of Hobbes, right? Correct. Abigail Hobbes. Yeah. Cool. So Hannibal explains at this point that they have to call Jack. It's going to be worse if they don't call Jack. We need to get this figured out. He decides to bring Will in for questioning to figure out what's going on. And here we finally have the intro music and intro scene, which we didn't see the first episode. I don't think if I remember correctly. No, no, yeah. we didn't get the we didn't get the intro in the first episode. Yeah. So we got this weird like blood blood people. It's fun time. So Will gets processed as as they're processing him. You know, they're taking an inventory of all his effects. They're checking under his fingernails, things like that. They happen to find some blood under his fingernails from that annoying Asian lady that we talked about earlier. I just don't like her. I don't like the way that she inflects her voice. Nope. I think I, that's what it is. I don't like her either. I can't put my finger on it, but I, I agree with you. I'm just not a fan. So then we cut to Jack explaining all this to Alana. She's really pissed off because she tried to tell Jack don't let Will get close to any of this. And Jack did exactly that. 
then she has a hissy fit in her car. Yeah, that that silent montage of her freaking out in the car is exactly what I must look like when I find out that they fucked up my order at Dunkin' Donuts. So every morning. Yep. No, I, I think that prior scene though with Alana, I I think that it solidifies, or at least like as close as there is to solidification, that Hobbs was the original killer. His daughter was the the quote unquote golden ticket. And but I also think it kind of solidifies that one or both of them worked with Dr. Lecter based on the way Alana and Jack were talking. I agree with that. And the way that Hannibal talks about Abigail later makes it feel like she was involved with with him in some way or another. Mm. Agreed. Will is sitting in interrogation and Alana comes to see him. Apparently they had a thing or that's what it is kind of made out to be. This show has a really fun way of giving all of the major details in this like psycho babble speak that make you not actually understand what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Especially when you only watch the first and last episode. Especially that. Yes. And then she has them draw a fucked up clock. Yeah. I'm bad at art also, but that's some novice level Salvador Dali will. Yep. Yeah, not great. I really do like the camera trick they use, though, to show Will's perspective of the clock. But then as soon as he turns it, it's the actual view and it's like way different than what he sees. I, I liked that. that was I cool. liked that a lot, too. I was the first time I watched it, I was kind of confused. I was like, that's not what I was seeing. But then it kind of <laughs> made sense to me like, oh, yeah, this is what he sees and this is what we're seeing. Yeah. So I like that as well. Then we see Hannibal at his own therapist. So a therapist with a therapist and he's crying about Abigail and Will. So at this point, I'm like really confused because I would assume that he is the killer or is in some way a part of that in, in one way or another. Why is he now so emotionally connected to it? It's it's just so confusing. Again, I, I think the middle probably would have helped us here, but it's just so confusing as to who has done what mm. it, it is. I, I have some ideas, but nothing nothing solidified still, even after watching this a couple of times. Yeah. What do you make, though, of the therapist line about 100 billion lives haven't affected yours? Yeah, that was interesting. I think her rationale behind it was that his argument was, you know, what's another life? But. She's making the argument of all of those people that you just mentioned didn't affect you in the way that someone who was close to you does. I get that. But I, I just I would argue otherwise, like indirectly and tangentially, like every single life that's ever existed is somehow connected to every other life forever. I could pick out if you give me one example of one person at some point in the world, it might take like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I could connect it to myself. Agreed. And I just think like, I don't know, that, that's that's dumb. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I think she's just trying to counter his argument of there's 100 billion people out there. Why should I care to, to yeah. well, of course you care because this is not just one of the other people. It's someone that was close to you and you cared about. But okay. I get where you're coming from. It's like, well, really? Come on. So we find out that Will fly fishes, so he's obviously the serial killer. Did you catch that they say that those lures were of Will's design? Yes, I did. That's a that's gotta be a callback it's to the first be. scene, yeah. right? Yeah. I like Yeah, it. and and especially, you know, we we find out that four of those lures are made with human remains. Yeah, this is the toughest part for me to square. Like, if Will didn't do the killings, how does he have this? Like it's pretty it's pretty damn. So that's easy for that to get planted, right? I mean, he's like half loopy all the time. <sighs> yeah, but the way that he 
if if they were let's say Hannibal planted them. Okay. Why then when he's talking about them later, why wouldn't he be like, yeah, Hannibal gave me those. They were a gift for me like jerking No, off no. I'm I'm saying like right before they left, Hannibal threw four lures into the his box of other lures. Oh, okay, gotcha. So like he's like, yeah, of course I have lures. They were right there by the door and and but Hannibal slipped in four made from human people okay i didn't really think of it like that i thought that like those were the only lures there but that that makes a lot more sense and now okay that that helps me thank you yeah we find out that these four victims of the four lures are all people that the quote-unquote copycat killer had killed so that would be starting with the girl in the antler fields where we didn't see a nipple through additional killings that happened between episodes Mm -hmm. so not including any of the original eight yes so will keeps seeing our deer person everywhere uh he looks in mirrors and and the deer person's just all over the place but jack now comes in to interrogate him and will is surprised and it looks like genuinely surprised to find out that there were human remains in some of the lures and in this is the first instance where you think, oh, is Will being really set up? And at that point, Jack is like, well, you're grasping at straws. You're arrested for murder. Yep. While he's getting transported to wherever they're going to bring this murderer to, probably a jail or psych ward or something along those lines, he's getting transported in an ambulance and quickly dislocates his thumb to rip off the handcuffs wow. and subdues the security guard and escapes apparently yeah i i have a certain level of crazy but i could never purposefully dislocate my thumb that's badass i don't i don't think i would need to dislocate my thumb to be honest you could get out of handcuffs without doing that i do have double jointed thumbs ah and i think that my thumb bends in a way where if the handcuffs were loose enough for me to slip off my wrist my thumb wouldn't be part of the equation. Interesting. That's a cool talent to have. I used to be able to stick my the top of my ear inside my ear hole and it would stay. That's about all I got. So like built-in earplugs? Yeah, oh. <laughs> pretty much. Wow. You're so evolved. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannibal, Alana, and Jack at this point are discussing Will's current situation. According to Hannibal, Will drew a perfectly fine clock two weeks ago. He pulls it out of his notes, and it's just a perfect clock. And then Hannibal does something, which is the first instance where, like, okay, that is actual evidence, where they ask Hannibal if there was any point while they were looking for Garrett Hobbs, if Will would have had an opportunity to call him to warn him. And Hannibal explains that there was a time period in which he was bringing files to the car and Will was inside by himself where he could have made that phone call, where we saw in the first episode that that was the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm really glad that they they hearkened back to a scene that we had actually seen yes. so we could know that he was lying. Because if okay. it was anything that happened in like episode <laughs> two through 12, we'd have no idea if he was being honest it or not. It was a miracle. <laughs> but that, that was the thing that like finally we saw Hannibal lying about something yeah. that we definitely know was opposite. So yeah. so we know that he's definitely involved in some way or another. Yes. Will breaks into Hannibal's office and has a gun. At this point, it doesn't seem like he's figured it out yet still. 
that Hannibal could be the one that's setting him up with all this. But he tells Hannibal that he wants to go to Minnesota to look at the scene of the crime. Mm -hmm. And Jack and Alana figure out that Will grabbed Hannibal and they're missing. So they're assuming that they're going to Minnesota. So Jack is on his way there. Will and Hannibal arrive at the house. He envisions himself as Garrett Hobbs, which is odd because that kind of it, it harkens back to his the way that he's able to get into people's minds. But it also makes us wonder if he was somehow involved in that whole situation. And then he it finally dawns on him that it had to have been one of them, too. And he's pretty confident it's not him. So it must be Hannibal that is is doing all this. Yeah, and I really like what they did here because in in the scene when he finally understands and realizes at least to him that it's Hannibal who did it, he finally is rocking some eye contact. And, and I think it's because that he no longer sees Hannibal as a person to Vi. Like he just now sees him as like this ball of evil or rather like he's that darkened, emaciated moose man. So he can yes. look at him because he's not actually looking at another person. And I, I like that. Agreed. And after a long, drawn out, nonsensical conversation, <laughs> he figures that out, points the gun at him, and he's, you know, getting more and more aggravated because Hannibal's trying to calm him down, but he knows that Hannibal's the bad guy. He's just about to shoot him, it looks like, and a Jack shows up and shoots him in what looked like the neck. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Neck or graze the head, something along those mm -hmm. lines. But that subdues Will and Next scene, we see Jack visiting the hospital where Hannibal is sitting by Will's bedside and Will's apparently expected to make a wonderful recovery. Nice. Hannibal has a dinner date with his therapist. Weird. Yeah, this is the this is the X-Files lady, right? I have no idea. Jillian Anderson. Mm. Yeah, she is. So based on the conversation, it, it kind of sounds like she's almost in on it or at least like understands who Hannibal is and what Hannibal does. Yeah. So she explains that they might start to see his pattern of developing relationships with violent patients. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge type of scene that makes us feel like because she is his therapist, she has to keep things confidential. Right. I guess unless he's unless he's harming people, which yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's clear. So so it can't really be patient doctor confidentiality more just like she understands. Also, they're eating. And again, he says it's veal, but it's got to be humans. It's got to be humans. <laughs> it's it's got to be humans. Yeah. And then Hannibal visits will in the insane asylum says hello to will and will says hello back and that's the end of the episode okay so this is a hospital for the criminally insane but why is there a giant metal radiator in will's cell like doesn't that seem a tad unsafe yeah if for me i've always envisioned those types of places as like white padded walls type of environments not jail this no, it was, like jail. it was just a jail with a giant metal radiator that he could like bang his head on and die. It, yep. Dumb. And he, Will really doubles down on the eye contact again here. It, it, plus the way that he talks and says like, hello, Lecter. Like, I, maybe the brain losing blood has jarred loose the crazy and will and now he, he he's like a whole different kind of crazy we don't know yeah or it was just like everything has been compounding up to this point and he finally just broke. He's just done. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I'm fucking tired of hearing about me being fat. You're not. It's not my fault that you're out here eating like shit every day. You literally send me pictures every single day of the crap that you eat. You wish you could eat like me and look like me. Dude, I eat like you and I look even better you than you. You not eat like me. Yeah. Did you get a Cinnabon the other day? 
No, I wanted one. Yo, I swallowed that Cinnabon in two bites. Uh, it was warm and gushy. Yeah, Yo, you know how much I like yeah. warm and gushy. Yo, Cinnabon is amazing. Cinnabon. They need mm. to drive through Cinnabon around here. That's 24 hours. You know what the fuck I would do to a Cinnabon at 4 in the morning? Mm. Oh, my God. I need a Cinnabon right now. You can watch us eat Cinnabons on Broken Light Bulb Podcast, <laughs> available on all platforms. So that is Hannibal. Season one, at least. As we mentioned at the top, there are so many questions here that instead of just kind of wasting time and diddling around, diddling ourselves, let's get into these questions, start answering them, and maybe we'll understand the season. Yeah, let's do it. Daniel from Mustachioed Podcastio asks, which Hannibal cooking montage is the best? Um, I think it's the one where Gordon Ramsay critiques it. Like, I've cooked better man thighs with my eyes closed, you bloody donut. That's a horrible Gordon Ramsay accent. I'm sure that we see all kinds of human parts. Like, we already saw lungs and whatever those chunks of things he was frying up. I think a cool thing to see, maybe he did it during the season, was like a big-ass liver. He just, like, tosses it up like pizza dough. That'd be cool. (laughs) Why would you have to toss a liver up like pizza dough? To To stretch it? To aerate it, yeah. Aerating. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Very, (laughs) very, very advanced French technique. Uh, So uh, I would say for sure the lungs, man, I could watch. I could watch Moss massage lungs all day. So is it really pronounced Moss and not Mads? It is pronounced Moss. I did some research. Wow. Okay. All right. Moss Mikkelsen. All right. Sounds like a closet divider i'd buy at ikea but all right i'm in (laughs) all right next question from good old ashley fan of the show who does will kiss based on the hints from the first episode i'm gonna say definitely jack (laughs) no i think the easy answer is his new dog uh he definitely kisses (laughs) that dog but the second easiest would be alana i think alana really is you know aside from the dog that that's gotta be who it is because he mentions like the romantic overtures Although, a wild card answer, based on what we talked about earlier, maybe Hannibal. Write it down. Yeah, we had another question that says that they didn't have any romantic entanglings, but I don't believe it for even a second. Yep. No, but I, I think the I think the easy answer is either his dog or Alana or both. Good answers. So we got a number of questions from Reddit in general, but a Reddit user here, K underscore S underscore Morgan, their first question why do you think Will said that it felt good to kill Hobbs, as referenced by Hannibal in episode 13 of season one? What did he do after that? So I think he really gets into the killer's head. So on some level, like you're getting to scratch that same itch that they have. So being able to kill somebody is like, OK, this is what I do. This is this makes me hard. And I think after that, he jerked off onto the body. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then he went fly fishing. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was going to literally say felt good because he killed a murderer like he found the person he was looking for and killed them and then he went fishing <laughs> yeah i think it, but i think it's spot on because it's it's like that's the thing of the season is that yeah he's a fisherman and i think hannibal knows that and that's why like you said he plants those lures so i think he did go fishing mm. mm-hmm, nailed it mm-hmm. if we both think it, it's got to be true must be next question from the same user what connects will and hannibal in general and what does will mean by I'm as alone as you are in particular. Yeah. So I think the biggest connection between Will and Hannibal is empathy. I think that's what Will uses to determine, you know, what next steps to take, trying to get into the mind and understand what the killer is thinking. And I think that 
Hannibal also does that really well. But instead of getting in the mind of a killer, he's getting in the mind of his victims or the people that he needs to keep close by to get away with what he needs to get away with. I think Will saying, I'm as alone as you are, is finally him realizing that Hannibal and him aren't all that different, but that Hannibal could be the one that committed these crimes and Will is the one envisioning them in his head. Yeah, I, I think all of that is spot on. And, and I would add to that and say, like, we we also never see any family or spouses. So maybe they both are really they both are really alone. Like, and that's another mm-hmm. connection there. Like, Will has the dogs, but I think either, you know, both of them either have dead parents or they're estranged from their parents. And they both also focus too much on their work and are also like, too secretly psycho to really have significant others. So I think they're just like alone. They're just lonely people too. Agreed. Cool. Yeah. So same user asked, why does Jack take Hannibal's word over Will's? I mean, this is pretty cut and dry. Like I think because Hannibal is a well-respected doctor and Jack calls Will mentally handicapped. Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty obvious to me. Like Jack hired Hannibal to keep tabs on Will. So obviously, if you hire a babysitter for your kids and you get home <laughs> and something's broken, you're you're probably not going to trust the kids over the babysitter you hired to watch the kids. You know, that metaphor, though, makes me I mean, if I came home, I would blame the babysitter. Like, dude, this was your job. Like, your job was to make sure my kid didn't break the vase. The kid broke the vase. That's on you, bro. Well, agreed. It was their fault. But if you're going to ask, you know, what happened, you're going to trust yeah, the person okay. that you hired over your child. That's true. I'd still think the kid broke the vase, but maybe because yeah. the, the babysitter didn't pay enough attention. Okay, that's fair. Agreed. Cool. Next question, same user. What do you think Hannibal meant by if you followed the urges you kept down for so long, cultivated them as the inspirations they are, you'd become someone other than yourself? But also in like a Danish accent. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... This seems kind of more or less cut and dry, but it's just like if you let yourself experience what your mind is telling you to experience by being empathetic to these killers, then you would be the very person you're trying to catch. Agreed. Like this is straightforward. Like you become these killers for a moment in time. But if you stay in them too long, like Inception style, you're no longer going to be able to come back out like you are them. You're a killer now. Yeah. What relationships do you think Hannibal and Alana and Alana and Will have? So Alana mentions romantic overtures. So at the very least, Will tried to serial kill that ass. And as for (laughs) Hannibal and her, hmm. I'll stop you before you say hmm and let you know that in the first episode, he did say that Alana was a mentee of his. Gotcha. That's kind of what I thought. I I said like they seem to be almost kind of they work in the same arena. But I also kind of get a tinge of like they're adversarial. Maybe they have mutual respect, but they don't really like each other. I know that's not what was explained the first episode, but kind of by the last episode, I I got some of that vibe. Yeah. And psychology can be very subjective. So I think that if Hannibal has a very distinct way of looking at things and Alana has a, a different way of looking at things, they can have very differing views. Yeah, I agree. Like you thought Freud meant this while well, Freud actually meant this. You fucking loser like that. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Next set of questions is from Reddit user Pirouette. One, two, zero, nine. What do you think went through Hannibal's mind during the meet cute with Will? So I'm assuming that means the first time that they met and Hannibal must have been thinking this dude looks like he could be mistaken for someone who eats people. (laughs) 
what is wrong with this guy? You know what? I'm going to use this cute piece of meat to cover up my shit and get me even more future meat. I knew you were going to use meat as the meat and not meat. <laughs> I just knew it. Yep. So next question from Pirouette1209. What are your thoughts on Hannibal eating the rude, yet overtly allowing Will to be rude around him and not batting an eye, even liking it? Eating the rude? So those girls that Hobbes killed weren't rude, were they? Like they were just college-aged girls. So I guess this maybe points to Hannibal eating other people and not the Hobbes girls. It seems incongruous. I I, I don't know. I, I think ultimately the reason that he allows will to be the way that he is i I think will challenges him in a way because he respects what will can do but also it's like uh what is what is what's what the hell's with this guy i'm intrigued he sees him as someone who can be kind of molded and fixed or or even become a protege Mm -hmm. that's some foreshadowing of my thoughts (laughs) but i i think that if someone is overtly rude to him he doesn't he doesn't like that and he must have killed some people because of it okay same user. What do you think of Alana and what do you predict her arc will be during the series? Where do you see Jack's storyline going after the finale? So I think Alana's a bitch. <laughs> I don't think that she fought hard enough for Will against Jack. I think that she should have fought Jack harder if she had a strong feeling that Will shouldn't be exposed to this type of stuff. And I think that she's a bitch for giving up so easily and ending up getting Will into some sticky situations. I also think that Jack takes the red pill and disconnects from the Matrix, obviously. I was waiting for you to wait to make a Matrix connection. It's amazing that we made it this far in without me mentioning the Matrix. I've never actually seen it. It's on my list. It's on my short list of movies to watch, though. I don't really know much about Alana, but I I did like her yell acting in the last episode. I think that Hannibal will get Will to kill her later in the series because she's just like a loose end. And as for Jack, he strikes me as having some skeletons of his own, just uh, just kind of like his dickish, dickish ways. So maybe he gets in trouble or, or actually maybe even Hannibal finds a way to somehow pin the killings on him and, and poof, he's out of the picture. We don't have to see his fucking stupid fat head. That'd be great. What do you think will happen to Will after the finale? Our Reddit user asks. Well, he's in the show at least most of the three seasons from the little like outside promo I've seen. Uh, Again, I haven't seen any of the episodes, but I've seen like promo pictures and stuff. And he doesn't seem to be imprisoned in any of that promo work. So maybe Hannibal vouches for him in some way because Hannibal's so well respected, knowing that he can mold Will to do his bidding, basically like work as like an Instacart for for human flesh. I think that... In the beginning, in the first episode, Garrett Hobbs was Hannibal's supplier of humans. And when he no longer had a supplier, he needed to kill some people on his own to get some additional food. And now he is trying to push Will to the point of breaking so that Will can be his new supplier. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with that. The only thing I would ask there is you mentioned like he needed to kill these people to get more food. If you're a cannibal, 
do you eat other food? Like once you get the taste for a human, like that's all you can eat? Or is it just like once uh, once every month or two months, like it's your cheat day and you're like, all right, I get to have my human. I'm waiting for the 17th of November. Before then, I just got to eat fucking steak and pork chops like a loser. It's a good question. I would assume it would just be like something that you would introduce into your diet rather than it becoming everything. It's like if you've tried to eat the same meal like three or four days in a row after it, you're like, I'm not having this for another two weeks. <laughs> like I can't imagine having the same even like my favorite thing to eat if i was to have that for an entire week after that week i'd be like no thanks i'll have that again in a while i I wouldn't be able to eat the same thing over and over and over again and i don't think i'm alone in that so i would imagine that there's no way you could just eat the same fucking shit over and over again unless the meat in the human body is so diverse that it feels like you're eating different meats by eating different parts but I think that would be a hard sell. I mostly agree with you there. The only thing that I would say is that I think, and I'm just guessing, part of the appeal of cannibalism is not just the taste of the meat, but somehow also like the excitement or like the feeling like I'm eating another human. I'm king of this fucking planet. I beat up these little girls. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I think... I don't know that that feeling would ever get old. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Obviously, we're neither of us are psychopaths, and I'm sure yeah. a psychopath could easily eat the same food over and over and over again. True. And there are people that do. Just What if every time you ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you orgasmed in your pants? Like, wouldn't you eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day? Uh, yeah, until it be- it would eventually become... It would not no longer have that same excitement. But how do you know? Is there anything in your life in which it, uh, if you were to do it constantly day in and day out every day that wouldn't lose its current appeal? Um, winning the lottery. I could win the lottery every day and I'd be okay with it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Boom. All so right. Next, next question. <laughs> well, I don't even know where we are anymore. Hey there, this is Frankie Sparks. And this is Scott Eisenberg. We're married. And we have a podcast called Shoot the Flick. Every week, Scott and I introduce each other to a new movie the other one has never seen. We talk about it, give our thoughts on it, and also share some behind-the-scenes fun facts. We want you guys to come along and enjoy the movies with us. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. Come and listen to us now as Frankie and I Shoot Shoot the the Flick. All right, next question. Same user. Will has the ability to empathize with killers and reenact murders in his mind. Where do you see this going and how will it affect him over time? We already saw the effects of it starting to set in. And I think that he can then take that ability to concoct his own plans based on the visions that he has of what other people could do to give him the the ability to make his own design. Yeah, I, I think we already touched on this. Like he has he's already gone too deep and he ends up being the evil that he's working to fight. So I, I think it's pretty straightforward. Agreed. New Reddit user Pink Lady 1988 asks, why did Hannibal not become Franklin's friend? So there's a question tied to my answer here later but in short i'll say because he's into some weird ass shit also because he's fat and hannibal seems like he'd be into fat shaming hannibal just doesn't like a crier that too 
Same user. Next question. Why did Hannibal smell Will? To see if he was done. <laughs> Let's be honest. I would also smell Hugh Dancy pre-night sweat, though. But <laughs> no, post-night sweat. I know you. No, I'm you. You know, if you knew me, you know that I'm not into sweating. So not into sweating. So also, though, Lecter eats humans. So why wouldn't he smell him? Like I smell all my foods before I shove them down my gullet. It's part of the sexiness of consumption. Yeah. Aroma is like half of taste. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't Will want to stay at Hannibal's dinner party? So he's probably eating some woman's leg and he starts to sweat and pictures the meat as that black oil coated venison and he needs to go sleep on his towel. So this seems obvious to me because in my mind, Will is the personified version of introverted. Like if introverted was a person, it would be Will. He's not sociable. He doesn't want to be around people. He has this mental instability that he's trying to keep a handle on. It's why he has all the dogs, things like that. A dinner party sounds so miserable for that type of person. I can't imagine a world in which Will would be excited to go to a dinner party. Not to mention the pork was a little chewy. Agreed. Next question. Same user. Why is Jack so frustrated about his wife, Bella? She won't let him talk about work at dinner. Yeah, and she won't put out, and she sees the good in Will and thinks that Dr. Lecter is a creep. She's right, but Jack doesn't see it, and he's blinded by Lecter's skeleton face. Our next Reddit user, Xenia? Is that how that's pronounced? I think you pronounce X's like a Z. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, Xenia. What sort of divination does Franklin practice, and what is it called? Self-trepanation. Now, I had done some research on self-trepanation a couple years back. Basically, you drill a tiny hole into the top of your skull and supposedly it releases pressure on your brain and you're supposed to be like a free thinking more of their brain using Wonderkind. If it wasn't so dangerous, I would honestly probably try it. Interesting. So I did quite a bit of research about divination as well. And the one that really stuck out to me that I feel like would fit with Franklin Vila very well is kephalonomancy. Okay, what's that? It is the divination by the boiling of a donkey skull. What does it do? Nope. You just boil the donkey skull and then divine from that. But like, what does it accomplish? Divination. <laughs> Predicting the future. I mean, that's that's what divination is as a general rule of thumb, is they're trying to divine what could happen in the future. Boiling a donkey skull, it helps you see the future. All right. I'm into it. Next question from Reddit user Boolean underscore phrases. Why does Will see a fucking moose everywhere? What does it symbolize? I think he's just it's a sign that he is having trouble differentiating between reality and his empathetic mind that he uses to to solve crimes. So it kind of is just a symbolism of the killer that he is seeing everywhere. First and foremost, I would argue that it's not a moose. I agree. It's I'm, a, it's a deer person. We've already yeah, talked about this. I'm desperate to see a moose in real life. Like I live on basically the Massachusetts, New Hampshire border. Are you for real? You've never seen a moose. I've never seen a moose and there are moose crossing signs all over the place and they're liars. I want to see one so bad. Like I get it. They're just tall, angry deer, but still you need to go to Maine. I've gone to Maine and there are moose crossing signs and I still don't see them. You're not looking hard enough. I Trust me, I look hard. Try murdering someone and see what happens. Maybe you'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway, I think, I think that the deer, not the moose, symbolizes Hannibal as he had a hand in the deaths, including the antler one, the, the copycat antler kill. 
It's his mind subconsciously telling him that Hannibal is the one. Correct. What is the infamous ladder scene and what takes place? So we see the ladder in Hannibal's office in the last episode. So I'm guessing it's that same ladder. Now, maybe Hannibal has Abigail climb up the ladder to get him a book. And Franklin comes in and looks up her skirt and he and Abigail kill him for it. And then they start working together after that. Lock it in. Wow. Interesting. I was just going to say that Will probably stepped under the ladder and then a black cat walked by and then he shatters a mirror and then just for the rest of the show, that explains all his bad luck. <laughs> Could be that. Could be that. Mm-hmm. like my answer better. Next question. Same user. Which one of these happens? A totem pole made of humans, a cello made of a human neck, or a garden of mushrooms using humans as the fertilizer while they're still alive? So here's the thing about this question, Boolean phrases. Either all of these happened or you came up with some of these and I'm real worried about you. (laughs) But if I had to pick one, I would say the cello because that just feels like it fits with Hannibal. I would disagree. So, well, I disagree with the second part. I, I agree with the first part because Reddit users are known to be assholes and they usually try to trick us. And like either all of these or none of these happened. But. I disagree about the cello because isn't a cello just a gay violin? I don't see that being made out of necks. That doesn't, it doesn't look like a neck at all. What are you talking about? A cello is a gay violin? It just looks like a gayer violin. It's way bigger. But it's a violin. It looks like a violin. It doesn't, like a a neck would, like if it was like, if it was like, hey, I made a flute out of a neck. Okay. Like that's, that's plausible because it's the same shape. Would you argue that all stringed instruments just look like different sizes of violin? Yes. Then you have no culture. But regardless though, what, what part of the, what part of the cello is the neck? The bow. Okay. Maybe say the bow of a cello. No, the the neck of the cello where the frets are. Or where the frets would be on, like a guitar. But it doesn't say that. It just says the whole cello. It says a cello made of human neck. A cello neck made of human neck. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say cello oh neck. Oh, my God. It's obviously not the whole cello. Anyway. You're the uh, worst. <laughs> the mushrooms one is plausible, but it's kind of boring, to be honest. So I'm going to go with the totem pole. Which How would... do you use humans as fertilizer while they're still alive? They're rotting flesh. But then... Oh, yeah, They're but then alive. they'd be dead. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Then I, I'm definitely going with the totem pole then. Plus, like, that would look cool. And as soon as we're done recording, I want to go Google that to see what it looks like. Good. Have fun. Go Googling a totem pole made of humans. Yep. I hope that's not it. And you find some <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> is Will a pussy this season? Boolean <laughs> phrases asks. So this is a loaded question. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's imprisoned at the end, maybe for things he hasn't done. So, I mean, yeah, like he's been fucked just like a vagina hole would be. But he does also seem to easily fall victim to his surroundings. <sighs> he also does dislocate his own thumb. So I wouldn't go as far as to call him a pussy. End of the day. This seems like another trick question from Boolean. I feel like this is a part of the show in some way or another. Why would you ask this question in this way if it wasn't part of the show? So you think like Hannibal calls him one? Yeah. Like stop being a pussy or something. Who knows? Mm. I don't think Hannibal would say that. I think Jack would say that. Okay. Yeah. Because he is so impressionable, I would also answer yes. He is, as you say, a mental pussy. There you go. Same user. Do you believe Will? Did Hannibal frame him or is he hiding his crimes slash guilt from himself? This is the question in my mind. Yep. 
Obviously, it's the question. I mean, the answer to this question could sum up the entire first season of the show, I feel Mm -hmm. like. I believe that Hannibal killed the first few. I think Will killed Abigail. Okay. So when you say the first few, you mean the copycat kills? Yeah, all the copycat stuff after after Hobbs. (sighs) Okay. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. So I'm I'm so torn, but I, I think... I think it'd be more inherently interesting if Will did the killing and and didn't realize it. Like, I think that would make for a more entertaining show. But I think ultimately that Hannibal is framing him. I had trouble squaring the lures, but you explained that, you know, it could just be that Hannibal added some lures to the lures that Will had. So I can get behind that. I just... I think that Hannibal frames him for all of the copycat kills, including Abigail. I don't know why. I don't really have... We don't really know much about Abigail, so that one's tough. Well, there was that that part at the very end where Will said to Hannibal as he was getting ready to shoot him, like something along the lines of, Abigail knew you were the one who called the house, so you had to kill her. There was some kind of connection to Abigail. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, we have a couple of questions later that ask more about Abigail, so we can talk about mm. that side of it there. But So yeah. I, I think we both agree, though, that we think Hannibal framed him for at least most if not all of the copycat kills agreed what's wrong with will what specific disease does he have and what is its specific smell according to hannibal i think he has asperger's and did i ever tell you the story on this podcast about when i ran the summer park program thing and my brother and i tricked this kid with asperger's tristan into drinking water filled with acorns we told him it would make him turn into a squirrel. Wow, you're so mean. I'm not proud of it. I'm just stating it for posterity. But here's the thing. He didn't suck because he had Asperger's. He sucked as a person, like just as a person he sucked, and he also happened to have Asperger's. He just was he just was not fun to be around, and he constantly sang three doors down all the time. So it was worth it. Wow. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> he only drank a couple sips, and he did not turn into a squirrel. Did he actually consume an acorn? No, not a full acorn, maybe like a couple bits of an acorn. But I think that the specific smell was veal. (laughs) Okay, so what's wrong with Will? Nirvaniosis. And I'm pretty sure it smells like team spirit. (laughs) I just wanted to make that Nirvana joke. That's good. Listen, back to the Asperger's kid. Again, I am not proud of it. I'm only stating a fact that happened. I am putting myself out there warts and all uh it's so nice to hear that you weren't proud of it and then as soon as you said the first time you weren't proud of it you said it was worth it (laughs) (laughs) but again uh, (laughs) okay how about this if the kid did not have asperger's would it be okay that i did this yes and no it would be more acceptable okay that's fair. Anyway. Was was he also a counselor or one of the kids? No, he was just one of the kids. So you as a counselor gave that to a child? Um, I didn't. I helped egg on the other kids who were telling him to do it. Again, not proud. So then, yes, I agree that it would have been just as bad if you didn't have Asperger's. <laughs> Anyway, it happened. Not proud. Moving on. Yeah. Okay, good. How do you think Will and Hannibal got so close? And how did Hannibal gain that trust? Sadly, it was not through sexual favors. Will had an attachment to his dogs and the dogs that he had around him. And I feel like if 
if for whatever reason Hannibal had come to Will's house and just showed affection to his dogs, took the time to learn their names and all that shit, like that would convince Will to to trust someone like that. Okay. Go on the dog angle. I think mm-hmm. that Will sees Hannibal comforting Abigail at the begin- uh, end of the first episode, and he conflates that with Hannibal being good. And in terms of how did they get close? I think it's because Jack basically forced them together. And I think ultimately they do value each other's intelligence deep down. What a matchmaker that Jack. Yep. Lastly, from Boolean, how perverted do you believe the Hannibal community is? Don't be shy. Winky face. I bet that there is so much homoerotic Will and Hannibal fanfic where Hannibal eats Will's tube steak. And instead of getting into Hannibal's head, he gets into Hannibal's trousers and gives him head. God. <laughs> Basically, if you enjoyed the show, very, very perverted. <laughs> Next set of questions is from Reddit user Alessehu. <laughs> sounds. <laughs> I sneezed. I sneezed on the podcast. But it sounds like a, the noise that Adam Sandler makes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> so what... <laughs> What imagery do you think was used as prominent motifs and what do you think their meaning might be? Yeah, so we see some in season caps here, but I think animals are a big one and darkness is a big one. So naturally, we see a lot of animals, the the deer slash moose person, you know, all the dogs, stuff like that. But anything related to Will being in that empathetic state of mind is is very dark they're they're all black or covered in mud or dirt or whatever you want to call it so i think that those are are both prominent to kind of symbolize our inner animal instinct which i think is where hannibal is coming on some of his thought process for eating humans and just the darkness kind of of the act in itself so i think those are the two prominent ones that i noticed yeah i just went with moose antlers like i think to me moose antlers resemble tree branches and tree branches like antlers, just everybody and everything is connected like under the surface. And you all have these little branching off points. And it all eventually traces back to Hannibal's big fat moose head. Mm-hmm. Hannibal's connected to all of these killings. I agree. What characters do you think are likely to be killed off in the future? Jack, I think, is a goner. I think he'll end up knowing too much. And Lecter has him killed. Also, I talked about this. I think Alana since she has the connection to Will and, and Hannibal just doesn't want that loose end kicking around. Uh, sadly, also, I think Will's dog, just because there's nothing white bitches hate more than a dead dog. <laughs> Alana's going to die 100%. I think there's like an 80% chance that Jack dies. And I think there's a 100% chance that Hannibal dies. A 100% chance? I'm I'm willing to bet money that the final episode of this show Hannibal dies. No way. This is a prequel to Silence of the Lambs where he's alive. How do you know that that's just not a protege? Because they're not the same person in the movie. They are the same person. They're played by different actors, but they're both Hannibal Lecter. Okay, maybe. But for you to put a 100% stamp on it, uh, that's 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 a risk, man. Well, I've I've done it. (laughs) All right. Good luck. I'm really worried about the consequences. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to lose all your Internet credibility <laughs> oh perfect you know, like we didn't lose that already when you talked about making a mentally handicapped child drink acorns 
pretty sure we lost that a long time ago, friend. Tristan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Do you th- same user? Do you think Abigail helped her dad kill those girls? Yes. Yeah, I think this is a leading question. Like you wouldn't ask this unless she did. I, I guess the better question is why did she help her dad? And maybe she was the connection to Hannibal. Like her dad would kill them, she'd courier the meat to Lecter. The only problem with that is like that begs the question: How did she not recognize him on the phone? Like was this some sort of like it's done over the dark web and like there's no actual physical or audio contact you just like put the bag under the rock and like you go and uh, i don't know i i don't know what i'm talking about yeah he only said a word or two at the very beginning so i it would be acceptable to not immediately recognize someone especially if you're not overly close with them Uh, yeah i agree with that in a normal normal situation but if i was helping my father kill people and then giving their meat to this person I would have like a distinct connection to their voice because like I'm doing something so dangerous and risky and like out of this world. Yeah, but doesn't Hannibal also say that he's never met them or talked to them on the phone? Are all of those transactions happening th- kind of third party where they never actually interact? It's got to be. That's what I was saying. Like you put, yeah. you have a robot voice being like, put it under the rock. I will grab it at noon. And I, yeah, I don't know. Like it's emails like or yeah. Yeah, something. All right. Interesting. I'll agree with that. Okay. What is the symbolism in the last shot of the first episode? Last shot of the first episode, I believe, is Lecter holding Abigail's hand. So if that is what they're talking about, I would say it's to show that Lecter was working with Hobbes and or the Hobbes family. He had a connection to her in some way or another. Yep. Yeah. What if she's actually his daughter? Ooh. And that that would be pretty crazy, right? She was adopted by Hobbes? I mean, it's a stretch, but maybe. That would explain the golden ticket. Yeah, maybe. And how mad he was when she died, or how distraught he was when she died. But who knows? Yeah. Last Reddit question here, and last question overall. Why is Will freaking out? Poison? Illness? Stress? So, I mean, this seems obvious to me that it's some kind of illness. It is an extreme version of what he was already experiencing at the beginning. So I don't want to say that it's necessarily something that was already completely there, but I think that it's something that was there that Hannibal cultivated over the course of the season to drive him to madness at the end. I, I, my question is, like, when? always like dude is always on the verge of slamming his head through a wall shining style yeah he was he was already off his rocker early on he's always freaking out he's the personification of edging and i think it's his illness ultimately slash all of that canine fur that he huffs on the rig yeah canine fur man and that's it i actually did enjoy it and i i do plan on going back and watching At least the first season. I don't think I can confidently say that I enjoyed it, but did it spark this weird need to know type of thing in my brain where I might go back and watch it just because I need to know what's going on? Likely. And it sounds like you liked the acting. Yeah, the acting is very good. I enjoyed it overall. Like I said, Hugh Dancy for mayor of the town that's in my head that I want to live in and and fuck drinking jello show. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hugh Dancy. There was a long pause after fuck. I'm happy about it. I'm happy that we watched this and thank you everybody for the help. Yeah, it was a great time. Very interesting. I'm glad we recorded this midday so I don't have to go to bed talking about cannibalism again. Now, David, what are we doing next episode? 
Hoosiers? Hoosiers? Which way is that pronounced? Hoosiers. We're doing Hoosiers, and we're doing it with Brad Howe. Yeah, Brad Howe is a friend of mine, and he is a comedian. Uh, he's based in New York City, does, does stand-up out there, and he's also been on a Cartoon Network show, Joe Para talks with you like a, a small cameo part uh at any rate he's a funny guy check out his instagram brad Howe comedy he's gonna be on it's his favorite movie i obviously we don't know much about hoosiers i think mm-hmm. it's a basketball team and i think it's a movie from the 80s oh boy so that will be fun gonna be a fun one it will and dave isn't this next episode the last of our first season oh my goodness it is the season one finale does that mean we're going to have a giant break in between season one and season two, like other podcasts that take whole m- months or quarters or years off? Fuck no. Of course not. We're here for you, except the one week we're going to take off in between. One week. So instead of the normal bi-weekly episode, there's going to be one extra week in between just to kind of get ourselves set for the, the new schedule. And there may be a special surprise on that off week. We're still debating. We want to hear from you. What do you what do you want? What do you like from the show? And we'll maybe concoct something for your ear holes. Yeah. And there's some new exciting things that we're thinking about rolling out in season two. So definitely let us know if you have a cool, neat idea that you think would be something fun for us to do. But you get ready for some fun things. Yes, please. As always, I know it's been long, but just our final housekeeping here. As always, please subscribe if, if you like the show. It, it helps us out. It makes it so it auto-downloads. We greatly appreciate it. And check us out on all the social media places. Dave knows them. Yeah, the Instagram, their Facebook, their Twitter, their YouTube. And if you have feedback or questions about the next episode, thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Yes, please. I, mm-hmm. I got nothing else. This is, this is going to be one of our longest episodes. So, like the space between your divination head hole and Will's pussy, <laughs> it's always yummier in the Santa. 